Signature acoustic guitars can either be a total flop or an absolute knockout. Well, today you're gonna to be seeing the knockouts. This Acoustic Tuesday, I'll be sharing with you my 10 favorite artist spec acoustic guitars. Hey, TAC family, welcome to episode 234 of the Acoustic Tuesday Show. This show is designed to inject your guitar journey with a weekly dose of fun, focus, progress, and inspiration. A little bit later on today's show, you'll be hearing from an Acoustic Tuesday viewer who went from thinking he would never play guitar again because of an injury to a full-blown recovery and a flourishing guitar journey. You're gonna get the details here in just a little bit. And as usual, you'll be seeing which guitar lick the TAC family is working on, plus your weekly dose of acoustic news awaits, which includes my new favorite strings, a Tonewood Whisperer, and so much more. But first, let's dig into my 10 favorite signature acoustic guitars. On this list, there are at least four guitars that will no doubt surprise you. In fact, the first one that I mentioned might very well be one of those surprising four. And we're gonna do this in a countdown fashion, starting at number 10 and working our way to numero uno, in my opinion, the best signature acoustic guitar ever made. And you're gonna be very surprised at what it is because price-wise, it comes in at under $1,000. And um, well, like I mentioned, you're gonna be surprised, but we have some time until we get there. Let's start out at the number 10 spot. And coming in at number 10 is the Roger McQuinn HD7. This guitar, quite honestly, is one of the most unique offerings on this list because it's a seven string. It's a standard six string guitar, but the G string is doubled like you'd find on a 12 string. So ultimately you get 12 string sound, a hint at 12 string sound, but not the full wrestling match that sometimes comes with a 12 string. So this guitar, as unique as it is, is also visually striking. It has wonderful tone. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. Coming in at number nine is yet another Martin guitar. In fact, looking at this list, we've got quite a few Martins on here. They do a pretty darn good job at designing signature models with the artist. Okay, back to the number nine spot. It is a Martin 0018NB. What does the NB stand for? Norman Blake. This is one of the first signature guitars from Martin I ever played, and it completely wowed me. First, what drew me to it was the visual appeal. You've got a pyramid bridge, very vintage inspired. You've got ivory button Waverly tuners, just a, a striking guitar, 12 frets to the body, very visually appealing. But the tone on this instrument is jaw dropping. It is clear, it is articulate, it is powerful. You can pick it lightly, it produces sound. You can pick it heavy, it produces sound. It's really an amazing instrument. It is no longer in production, but if you can find one of these puppies, the 0018 NB, wow. Now they did make a Rosewood version of this as well, but in my humble opinion, I don't think the Rosewood version is as good as the mahogany version. But you can be the judge for yourself. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. A 12 string guitar holds the number eight spot. 
And that is a guitar made by Taylor. It's the Taylor LKSM12, the Leo Kotke 12 string. Now I've mentioned this guitar on a previous Acoustic Tuesday episode, and it had to make this list because I truly believe it is one of the best signature guitars ever made. Jumbo body, longer scale length, it is a 12 string and it oozes Leo Kotke's tone. Take a listen for yourself. Back to the world of Martin guitars for the number seven spot, and it's actually a bit of a tie. John Mayer has a knack for designing really well thought out signature acoustic guitars. Signature guitars in general, but when it comes to acoustic guitars, he's hit two complete home runs. Actually, one of them is a grand slam, and I think it edges the other one out. But the two guitars that occupy the number seven spot are the John Mayer Stagecoach 0042SC and the OMJM, both by Martin Guitars. I think the OMJM is a fantastic utility guitar. It's an OM size guitar. It has some vintage appointments, but it has a modern neck joint, and it sounds awesome. But in my opinion, what wins out the battle here is the 0042SC, the Stagecoach model. This guitar is striking. It's elegant. It's one of my favorite signature acoustic guitars because it strikes the balance between amazing tone, comfort, and visual appeal. Visually, it's all dressed up for the ball. I mean, it's got abalone, all trimmed out. It's very, very delicately done, and it looks incredible. And I think the standout visual element of this guitar is the extended rosette over the fingerboard extension. I've never seen this on an acoustic guitar before, and when I saw this, I thought, that is absolutely brilliant. And it looks purely classy. It's just, it's just a classy look. So visually, yeah, it takes the cake. Sonically, it sounds awesome. You've got Cocobolo back and sides, yielding this wonderful bell-like tone out of a smaller bodied guitar. And that brings in the comfort element. This guitar is incredibly comfortable to play. I love it. And if I could have nabbed one when they first came out, I absolutely would have, but the timing just wasn't right. But let's go ahead and listen to it anyway. ahead and stay in Martin land for the number six position. And coming in at number six is the Martin 0028 EC. Yes, the Eric Clapton signature model. And to the best of my knowledge, this is the most popular signature model that Martin makes. And for good reason. It packs a ton of vintage tone into a new guitar. And it has these wonderful little elements that I think are just, a, it's a perfect storm of appointments. You've got an aging toner top. Now, now, mind you, this guitar came out and was developed prior to Martin digging into the authentic stuff, digging into the golden era stuff. This guitar was, in, in my opinion, a first of its kind. It's got the aging toner top. It's a beautiful OM, or rather triple O size, a shorter scale length. And it has these wonderful vintage appointments. It's got a gloss headstock. It's got butterbean tuners. That aging toner, as I mentioned, uh, rosewood back and sides. It's got a very comfortable modified C profile neck that I find 
just fantastic for leverage when it comes to fingerstyle guitar. All in all, this guitar is a perfect recipe and it's no doubt that it is one of the most popular, if not the most popular Martin signature model. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. Heading into the bluegrass world now for the number five spot, this guitar is brought to you by the Santa Cruz Guitar Company and it was based on a Martin. So it's a good little segue from the number six spot. Coming in at number five is the Tony Rice Pro from Santa Cruz Guitar Company. This guitar is based on a 30 year relationship between Richard Hoover and Tony Rice. And I think of all the different Tony Rice models that are out there, Tony Rice, Clarence White, whatever you wanna call it, you know, Martin's got one, uh, Collings has one, pretty much every guitar company has a large sound hole, Rosewood back inside a dreadnought. I think the Santa Cruz Guitar Company did the best job, and I honestly think they've paved the way for every other guitar manufacturer to create a Tony Rice model. This guitar is powerful. It's got this wonderful brutish tone that just, just, <laughs> it just can annihilate a banjo, yet it's soft and sensitive. If that's, it's, it's kind of a weird juxtaposition, but it's true. You can approach this guitar very delicately, and it, and it creates this wonderful flourishing tone. But if you dig in, it's right there to match however much power you put in with your flat pick. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. stay in the bluegrass world for the number four spot. In fact, we're gonna head out to Sisters Organ and visit Thompson Guitars. Coming in at number four is the Billy String signature model and the Molly Tuttle signature model. Now you're thinking to yourself, Tom, why did you do this? You just goofed up the countdown. You know, we have a 10 to one countdown. There should be 10 guitars on it. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but you know, there's a tie for number seven, there's a tie for number four, and I'm a guitar geek. The more guitars I can cram into a 10 guitar countdown, the better. So I present to you the number four spot occupied by two instruments, the Billy Strings model and the Molly Tuttle model. First of all, the Billy Strings model is appealing because it was such a limited run. I believe there's only 30 or 33 guitars made um, gorgeous, Brazilian rosewood back and sides, beautifully uh, a shaded sunburst top, and some really interesting aesthetic elements that were designed and implemented by Billy himself. Next, you've got the Molly Tuttle model, uh, mahogany back and sides, a beautiful kind of uh, um, calmer sunburst top, these wonderful kind of palm frond inlays. I think it's a palm, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what tree it is, but it's very elegantly done over the body of the guitar. Plus, there's little elements like a little redwood uh, inlay pieces on the on the um, the fretboard dots that really make this model unique and unique to Molly. So I thought because of the personal infusion and the ultimate ultimately the tone of each of these guitars, they both were deserving a spot on this list. Let's go ahead and give a listen to each of them. A 
Gibson guitar holds the number three spot, but you might not be able to guess which one. Now, one of my pet peeves is creating an artist model that is quite simply a standard guitar with an artist name slapped on it and their signature inlaid at the 12th fret. Now, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just one of my pet peeves. And I feel like Gibson does this a lot with the J200. Again, no judgment here, just not my jam. However, the guitar that holds the number three spot is a very well thought out, unique guitar to the Gibson lineup. It is the Jackson Brown Model 1, coming in at number three. This guitar completely stunned me when I played it because it was literally like holding a piano. The guitar was so articulate, it was so powerful, yet reserved. And when I say that, I mean, it, it barely took any finger picking effort to get sound out of this instrument. It was incredibly responsive. It's a deeper body guitar. It's a 12 fret guitar. It's based on the Roy Smek Stage Deluxe, which is a deep bodied 12 fret instrument. And when I had a chance to play this guitar, not only was I amazed at its acoustic tone, it is paired with an amulet pickup. This pickup is quite honestly, um, possibly one of the best acoustic guitar pickups I've ever played through. It is very transparent. It sounds just like the acoustic guitar and well, it, it kind of just, it looks cool as well. It's got a special jack. That's all that information aside, this guitar acoustically is stunning. The Jackson Brown Model 1 by Gibson. Let's give it a listen. guitars are left on this list and I cannot wait to get to each of them because they couldn't be any different from one another. Now, before we get into these two guitars, um, if you've kept a running count of how many times I've said stunning, go ahead and put that number in the comments below. It's gotta be nearing roughly a hundred by this point, maybe 87 times. Um, sometimes I get locked on a certain descriptor and it just so happens that stunning is the word of the day. It's a lot like uh, Sesame Street. They got the number of the day, Today's word of the day is stunning. Speaking of stunning guitars, coming in at number two is a guitar made by the folks at Collings, a Pete Huttlinger OM-1. This is the only guitar on this list. Not true. Actually, I heard the 0042 SC played by John Mayer in person. Heard that, and it's, it's, it sounds amazing to hear a signature, an artist's guitar in the artist's hands. This guitar, the Pete Huttlinger OM-1 is another guitar that I had a chance to hear first person with the artist playing the actual guitar. Um, clear, balanced, articulate, even toned, and just overall extremely comfortable to play. The Pete Huttlinger OM-1 is, is a guitar that it's not like a, a, a spotlight stealer. It's a very unassuming guitar, but a lot of thought went into the development of this guitar. And there's a lot of personal touches that, that Pete had added that I thought were pretty awesome. You know, there's, there's little flies, uh, fishing flies inlaid in the guitar. And overall, this guitar, to me, embodies so much more than just tone, so much more than the artist. It really embodies uh, uh, Pete's mission when he was here with us. And that's just to make sure that you live every day to the fullest. So this guitar goes well beyond just the tone. This guitar goes well beyond just the sound. There's an enormous sentiment behind this guitar and that's why it occupies the number two position on my list. Let's go ahead and give it a listen.
I've got a challenge for you because I, I truly don't believe you're gonna guess what the number one guitar on my list is. I just don't. I don't think you're going to guess what I think the number one signature acoustic guitar is. So as we're leading up to the number one spot, in the comments below, let me know what you think my number one signature acoustic guitar is. And as you're typing in that guess, I'll go ahead and give you some hints. Coming in at the number one spot is a guitar made by Taylor. Coming in at the number one spot is a guitar that is far less than $1,000. Coming in at the number one spot, I believe is Taylor's most popular signature guitar. Coming in at the number one spot is the Taylor Swift BT-1. The Taylor Swift Baby Taylor. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, Tone, you just came from the Pete Huttlinger guitar, the Jackson Brown, the Billy Strings, the Tony Rice, the Molly Tuttle, the Eric Clapton, John Mayer, Leo Kaki, Roger McGuinn, Norman Blake. What on earth is Taylor Swift doing on this list? Here's the deal. I don't think this guitar sounds the best. However, I do believe that this guitar is single-handedly responsible for getting droves and droves of young people playing the guitar. Droves and droves of young women playing the guitar. Droves and droves of young men playing the guitar. What I love about this guitar is that it is like a beacon for any young music fan to sink their teeth into and start their guitar journey. You know, my first guitar, uh, just to just give you a little background on this, my first guitar was a BC Rich Mockingbird. Now, you're like, Tone, you're getting, this is getting real weird. Um, here's the deal. I got that guitar because one of my favorite bands at the time, Coal Chamber, a metal band, um, their guitarist had a BC Rich Mockingbird. I didn't know how to play it. I just got it because I thought it was cool. Think of this guitar filling that exact same spot for hundreds, thousands, possibly millions of young people. That to me is a powerful signature model. And I think Taylor Swift and Taylor Guitars knocked it out of the park. So let's go ahead and give a listen to the Taylor Swift Baby Taylor. Okay, thank you so much for going on that wild ride with me. I've still got a bunch of great stuff coming up for you on today's Acoustic Tuesday show, but I wanna hear from you. What is your favorite signature acoustic guitar? It could be anything. Go ahead and let me know in the comments below. It's time to grab your guitar and see which guitar lick the TAC family is working on today. See, every day within Tony's Acoustic Challenge, we focus on one of the five essential categories of guitar improvement. On Mondays, we have a technique challenge. Tuesdays is a guitar lick challenge. Wednesdays, an improvisation challenge. Thursdays, a rhythm guitar challenge. And Fridays, a chord transition challenge. All elements to a well-rounded guitar journey, a well-rounded guitar player. Tuesdays happen to be focused on a guitar lick, a piece of musical language. So I thought since it's Acoustic Tuesday, let's go ahead and take a sneak peek and see what the TAC family is working on today. Here it is. Hello, beautiful. That's actually the title of your guitar lick challenge for today, but that doesn't mean you look just fine today. Y you do, I can just tell. You're a guitar geek, I know that you look good. 
Uh, this particular guitar lick is a bluesy guitar lick in the key of A, and it contains some inherent groove that I'll show you a little bit. In fact, we have to modify it just a touch, but just so you get a sense of what this lick sounds like in its entirety, here's what it is. So as it's written, it makes a really nice ender in the key of A, specifically a blues ender. Uh, it has this wonderful kind of uplifting quality, which is kind of where its namesake comes from. Hello, beautiful. You, you end up on this wonderful A chord in the middle of the neck, coming from this A7 where you started. But we'll get into the nuances of this here in a moment. Uh, first, TAC fam, to learn this note for note, please log in. This is your daily challenge. Click Start Challenge. Once you get it under your fingers, move to the Play Along video. Go ahead and select a speed that works for you, and don't forget to click on that tab icon in the lower right-hand corner. That'll allow you to pull the tab up right next to the video so you can see both side by side. Okay, how do you use this lick? Well, this is a fantastic lick, like I said, in the key of A, specifically if you're playing blues. And right away, I just wanna chop off almost the entire lick and just look at this slide into an A minor chord, or not an A minor chord, an A7 chord, right? If you're finger picking, just finger picking that A7, and you wanna add a little flavor to it, slide into it. just adds some nice mojo and kind of uh, adds a little bit of a, a, an ear bender element to it. Okay, the second way that you can use this lick is kind of in a groove. So we're gonna chop off this kind of, um, that ascending portion of the lick and we're just gonna stay in the open position here, frets uh, one, two, and three. And what we're gonna do is take the first measure of this lick and repeat it almost as, well, as I mentioned, a groove. Here's how that would sound. So as you can tell, that kind of creates this rhythmic momentum, this groove that's really fun and almost, it's almost hypnotic in a way. So just a couple different uses for this lick. Again, it's, its home is in the key of A, specifically in a blues-ish progression. It doesn't have to be straight ahead blues, but if you wanna add some blues flavor to something, this lick is, is ripe for the picking pun intended. Um, <laughs> before we get back to the show, I wanna talk about one thing that I think is incredibly important and something that you can integrate into your guitar routine right here, right now, today. One of the key elements of creating a habit, a guitar routine that sticks, is making it small enough so that it's realistic and doable on a regular basis. So a lot of times, uh, guitar players think that, okay, playing guitar for a half hour is small enough. I want you to trim it down even smaller. So you say, okay, cool, I'll, I'll incorporate the 10 minute rule. I'll play guitar for 10 minutes. That seems small enough. I wanna challenge you to make it even smaller. I wanna challenge you to make your guitar playing habit so minute that it is absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous to think that you couldn't do it in a day. So here's what I want you to do. This is your challenge. I want you to make your tiny habit, that is your guitar routine, to simply sit down, well, open your guitar case, grab your guitar, and sit down with your guitar. That's it. 
That's your tiny habit. It's ridiculously small. However, I guarantee you it will work because it's tiny, because it's doable, because it almost seems, it almost seems silly to not do it. And check out this parallel. This, this I think will help make it zoom into focus. If you were a gym going person, if you weren't a gym going person, but you wanted to go to the gym, you wanted to get fit, you wanted to just be healthy. I would want you to go to the gym, drive there and walk in the front door. That would be your tiny habit. Because if you do that, the likelihood of you following through and working out is probably 99.9%. If you went through the trouble of driving to the gym and walking through the front door, why wouldn't you work out? Even if it was for five, 10 minutes. The same is true with this concept around your guitar playing. If you went through the trouble of cracking open your guitar case, pulling out your guitar and sitting down with it, why wouldn't you play for five minutes, 10 minutes? So please, I, I challenge you this week to make your guitar playing habits so tiny, it's ridiculous. And to clarify, it's simply opening your guitar case and sitting down with your guitar. Okay, give your fingers a break, but strap on your running shoes because we're gonna run back to episode 230 of the show where I talked about my five favorite Taylor guitars ever made. There were actually eight guitars on that show, but now you know how I do countdowns. Uh, anyways, there was a comment left by Acoustic Tuesday viewer and TAC family member Tim Newman that just sent shivers up my spine. Let me go ahead and read it and we'll break it down. Here's what Tim had to say. Tony, I'm glad you brought up the two finger isometric exercise. A few years ago, I broke my left fretting hand and thought I might not play again. I even went as far as having my old strat restrung lefty to try to learn to play left-handed. After weeks of frustration, I was talking to a guitar teacher I knew and he suggested to just start slowly with playing right-handed and gave me several exercises to get going. It took a long time, but I eventually recovered nearly all of my dexterity. Even my physical therapist was impressed by the progress I made. If anyone out there is in a similar situation, keep trying and you will persevere. Tim, first of all, congratulations on overcoming something that is pretty scary for a guitar player, really pretty scary for anyone. You know, whenever one of our hobbies, whenever one of our passions is, is threatened, it's pretty darn terrifying, especially if you identify as a guitar player, especially if you identify as a guitar geek, which I'm assuming you're watching the show, so you probably are. Um, so to have anything happen to any of your hands, uh, and, and here you're saying your fretting hand, that's terrifying. But what I love about your, your comment and your story is that you could very well have said, well, I guess guitar playing is over for me. I gotta find something new but you loved guitar enough and you thought you could do it. So you kept at it slowly, but surely you kept making progress and slowly, but surely you kept getting further and further on this new chapter of your guitar journey. And now you're back, you're back to playing. And that is impressive. I mean, I think that's incredible. It's impressive on so many levels. Number one, the physical level, but number two, the mental stamina that you had to do that, that you have to do that is incredible because it's so easy to let negativity creep in. It is so easy to let that, that voice in your head say, oh, I guess you can't do this anymore. You may as well put it away, but you didn't. You silenced that voice. And I wanted to read this on today's show because I thought 
that it is just so darn powerful to, to have that element. It's so darn powerful to have that skill. And I wanted to prove to every guitar geek watching the show that it is possible. You might be battling some hurdles yourself, be it fretting hand pain or just the pain of, gosh, I haven't played guitar in a long time. How the hell do I even get back into it? Well, the answer is slowly but surely, as Tim suggested here. Uh, it's just so awesome. And again, I wanted to share this because I do think it is so incredibly powerful. So thank you so much, Tim, for sharing your story. Have I got a hefty dose of acoustic news you can use. Let's go ahead and dig in. First up is a new singer-songwriter that I just started listening to that you need to hear. Honestly, this is a this is a drop everything that you're doing and check out Christian Wallowing Bull. Uh, I learned about this artist through Western AF and I was completely speechless for the entirety of this song. And here's exactly why. Here's Christian Wallowing Bull singing Land of Wolves. So this song came from a very deep place in my heart. A lot of where I had grown up on an Indian reservation went through a lot of hard times and just wanted to cover uh, the idea of being a young indigenous man, overcoming and rising up as a warrior. I was a young man and I was on my own in a land of wolves, in a sheepskin coat that set my heart on fire. They're gonna watch me burn. Uh, next up is my new favorite set of strings. Now, if you've watched the Acoustic Tuesday show for any amount of time, you know that my old standby strings are the Santa Cruz Parabolic Tension strings. I use mid-tensions on all of my larger bodied uh, guitars, and I use low tensions on all of my smaller body and vintage guitars. Well, I have a new favorite set of strings. A lot of times I tune to Dadgad for some of my own compositions and things like that. And one of my biggest pet peeves of tuning down to Dadgad is that the low D and the high D string get a little bit floppy. They just get a little bit, they kind of lose some of their oomph. Enter Santa Cruz parabolic tension Dadgad strings. Yes, if you want to maintain the string feel on a standard tuned guitar, but have your guitar tuned to Dadgad, get these strings. You get the clarity, you get the balance, you get the brilliance from Santa Cruz strings, and you get that string feel and tension that you'd want, but with dadgad tuning. It's amazing, I use them on my Martin OM tuxedo, uh, which is oftentimes tuned to dadgad. It's a, it's a complete match made in heaven, so please check those out. Next up, oh, we're gonna visit the Tonewood Whisperer. Uh, you probably don't know who the Tonewood Whisperer is, but you will find out uh, here, well, right now. Um, you know, Daisy Tempest, whom I've talked about on the show before, is not only an awesome luthier, is not only a fantastic human being, she is very knowledgeable and willingly shares that knowledge, specifically about Tonewoods, in a way that us guitar geeks can consume. We don't have to read an encyclopedia. You just watch a, a, a minute, one of, one of Daisy's minute long videos and bam, you've got yourself some newly acquired Tonewood knowledge. In fact, have you ever wondered, have you ever wondered why we use spruce and why spruce is one of the most common topwoods for an acoustic guitar? Well, let's go ahead and let Daisy answer that question. Spruce wood is a really popular choice for guitar tops. That's because it's really stiff, it's really lightweight, and maybe aesthetically it's kind of easier to pair with any back and sides that you 
you want. As a guitar builder, the thing I really look for in my perfect piece of spruce is a really nice tight grain. Here's a bit more about that. All right, here's a log. As you might already know, the lines inside of the log are called growth rings. These are an indicator of how old the tree is. For each year of the tree's life, there are two growth rings. One is slightly lighter, which represents the warmer months that the tree has been growing, and the darker one represents the colder months. The closer together these growth rings are, the slower it's been growing, and the tighter growth rings are the ones that I look for when I'm selecting a piece of spruce. That's because it's generally acknowledged that tighter grain equals stiffness. There are lots of theories regarding whether this is strictly accurate, because obviously the most important thing is the species of timber, but I just really like the tighter grain stuff. And to me, if a tree's grown for a really long time, it's clearly been excellent at fighting off all those forest elements. And when you've got a guitar top under the kind of tension that strings give, you want to have the best horse in the race. Speaking of signature acoustic guitars, we're about to come full circle with your final news story. Just a few weeks ago, Gibson Acoustic announced the release of the Elvis Dove. And I thought, you know what? This is a cool guitar. Now, I really try to avoid the term cool guitar because I feel like it's this blanket statement, but this is a cool guitar. It's a model that Gibson oftentimes doesn't shed a lot of light on, and it's paying homage to a musical great. And I just thought it was pretty spectacular, to be honest. I thought the attention to detail was awesome, and, um, well, again, since we're talking about signature guitars today, I thought it was a fitting end to your news segment. Uh, so let's go ahead and look at the promo video for this guitar. Ah, uh, and with that, we've taken care of business. And I think it's a great time to wrap up the Acoustic Tuesday show for today, but let's take a sneak peek into next week. Next week, I'll be sharing with you 10 more guitar geeks to follow on YouTube. Now, I had a great misstep when I did the list last time because I included electric players and just overall a bunch of different channels, which are all amazing, by the way. I want you to check those out. However, I really needed to focus the YouTube channels on purely acoustic guitar YouTubers. And that's what I'm doing next week. You'll have 10 more accounts to follow. And these are some under the radar artists and YouTube accounts. So make sure to tune in next week. Remember, you can catch Acoustic Tuesday every single Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time right here on YouTube. Thank you so much for joining me today. And please do remember this. Your guitar success, however you define it, is directly related to your guitar routine. So please invest the time in developing your guitar routine and make sure to have fun every single day that you play. Thanks again for joining me today. Thank you for being a guitar geek, and I'll see you next Tuesday on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Be nice and play guitar. Guitar Geeks Unite.